Hey, what's up, everybody? In today's episode on our, on our podcast, No BS Affiliate Marketing, we had a special guest who went from losing everything to multiple six figures online with affiliate marketing and coaching. And he shares his experiences with us. So stay tuned. I left my 9-to-5 to build my own million-dollar business. The real question is, how will I do it without VC funding or debt you completely from scratch? This podcast is here to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply and share marketing strategies to grow my online business using only affiliate marketing. My name is Pascal Kurz and welcome to Affiliate Marketing Secrets. Welcome to No BS Affiliate Marketing with your host, Andy Mattis, Pascal Kurtz. Welcome, everybody. It's good to see you on here again. We have a special guest today on. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, Tiger's been having a lot of success with affiliate marketing before he kind of switched into coaching where he is right now doing um, mindset coaching. Is that right, Tiger? So, um, give us kind of um, you know um, your backstory on how you slipped into the on online marketing affiliate marketing journey, and and how you ended up, you know, going from um, this affiliate to mindset. Just a quick run through. Yeah, I love how you you're like I slipped in there, like I snuck in through the back door. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I guess what, what ended up happening was uh, I started off um, pretty much just going to be kind of weird. So I started off giving away, believe it or not, everything I owned to the poor and unfortunate back in 2016. And I traveled to where I am now in the Philippines. I ended up on the other side of the world, traveling all through the U.S. Um, and I ended up on the other side of the world. And I ended up trying to find my purpose. Right. And um, kind of got to the end of my rope in a way, because I end up in like all the people I love, all the people I cared about, kind of thought I was nuts. <laughs> like this dude has lost his rocker. He's giving away everything. He's like, I don't know where he is now. Now he's in this weird country. And, uh, you know, I, I ended up, I lost my kids. Uh, my my ex-wife like alienated me from my kids. I was um, like, I didn't really have anybody I knew. And I was kind of stuck in this place and I got pretty upset. I kind of like yelled in the sky, the ceiling or whatever in my room you know, at God and was like, what the heck am I doing here? What was all this for? I was super frustrated. And, uh, you know, fast forward a couple, I don't know, maybe it was like a, a few, maybe a week or two after that event. And I saw a video online. I think it was like a, a black dude uh, named Billy Jean is marketing. And he was talking about like making money online. And what I really liked was I started looking into him and I saw that he was helping all these people. Like he had all these people like, ah, oh, this dude has changed my life, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, he has freedom. He has all this stuff. And that was my first introduction to like, what is this online business thing? And I found that that rabbit hole. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure everybody listening to this has heard of Russell Brunson. Um, <laughs> I, I, I poked around and found uh, uh, click funnels and I started getting targeted by a billion ads from him. And uh, he started talking about affiliate marketing. And I started selling the one funnel away challenge for $100 a piece. And my life sucked. My life ultimately sucked because I was trying to sell this $100 thing. And I had this broken mindset where at the time, $100 was a lot for me. And uh, as I was spent, as I was trying to sell it um, and getting all this kind of like kickback, I ran across my first mentor, my first like legit mentor in affiliate marketing, high ticket. He was he was saying like, you should sell something expensive, not something cheap. Like it's, it, this takes the same amount of work to sell something that's $100 as it does to sell something that's $1,000. And it sounded really good to me. I was already done with whatever. I was like, I'm over this whole $100 thing. People don't respect it. It's, it's so hard. So I, I jumped in. I ended up spending my, I think it was three, a little over 3K. And I jumped into his coaching program and uh, and 
this guy kind of turned out to not really be <laughs> who I thought he was, but that's a little that's a little bit down the line. But I ended up joining that in my first month. I went from struggling making a few hundred dollars in sales, like really grinding my face off selling cheap affiliate marketing things to switch over to high ticket. And I made 10K in my very first month. And wow. yeah, yeah. So it was like, believe it or not, it was like in the beginning, it was mind blowing. I didn't think it was possible, but then it became normal. I normalized it. And the next month I did over 10K. I ended up scaling to pretty consistent around the 15, 20K. Sometimes I'd go a little bit over 20K per month range uh, selling, you know, that high ticket. Um, and eventually that mentor, I took over his coaching program. Like I literally, I did so well. He ended, he was in the U.S. He came to the Philippines where I am at a different island. And uh, I took over his coaching program and I was coaching people, showing them how to make money. And they were getting amazing results. People were getting, you know, they were starting to make 10K a month. People were quitting their jobs. People were, you know, buying cars and houses and do all this stuff. And, um, you know, the, the mentor I kind of partnered with, once I got behind the scenes, I saw that he wasn't really uh, like honest. He didn't really have the best interest of his students. Um, he had a lot of different like uh, manipulative things that he had planned out. I couldn't like I couldn't I couldn't stay, you know, um, on that path with him. We butted heads and um, I ended up working. I ended up leaving, breaking with him. And I ended up working for a multiple eight figure company called Traffic and Funnels as an as an, a sales advisor. And uh, one day I sold a ten thousand um, dollar coaching program for to someone who had never even heard of the company. They didn't even know online business. And they they ended up watching a webinar. Right. And they didn't they were supposed to fill out the survey at the end of the webinar to get on a call. They didn't finish the survey. They didn't do any of that stuff. And they ended up on a call with me because I was kind of like the new guy. So they gave me all like the crappy leads to kind of put it. <laughs> <laughs> like straightforward about it. And, uh, you know, I got the guy on the call and I took him from not even knowing he was like, oh, oh, you work for ClickFunnels. I was like, no, traffic and fun. Like this is this is the other company. Like this is what we do and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I walked him through and at, by the end of the call, this guy didn't know my name, couldn't even pronounce it. Uh, and he gave me ten thousand dollars. I could have been anybody. I could have been a, like, you know, an alien. I could have been a serial killer and like whatever. And the dude gave me ten thousand dollars and it did something in my brain. It clicked went for me and it was like, why? Because the commissions off of that, you know, that I received, I kind of thought, I was like, why am I, why am I doing, like, why am I just doing this for myself? I, that could have been all my 10,000. So then, you know, I went through and then that's how I ended up in coaching. I ended up launching my own coaching program, doing what they were doing. So long story. <laughs> like I just, yeah, totally good. My whole can, I, life. can I just quickly ask, how did you actually end up? joining traffic and funnels that's always been a kind of question that i've had there so like so I, I believe in investing yourself so i originally joined that 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 uh 10k program so i jumped into it and uh i wanted to better myself i wanted to better my skills as far as like being a coach um you know sales marketing all those different things so i invested in the program i went through it and they actually were doing a a message and they were like, hey, we're actually have a spot open for an advisor. So anyone it like they're really picky. Um, their standards are really high. They're like, so most people who apply are not going to get accepted. Um, but if this is possibly you jump on in. So I applied. I ended up doing a, a quick interview and got hired on the spot. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. I started, uh, you know, I was an advisor there. So Awesome, awesome man. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And there's a yeah, kind of like interesting. It's funny how things kind of work out like that as well. Because I remember obviously, as you were just kind of mentioning there, you said, you know, you were screaming at the ceiling, and then a couple of weeks later, you you spotted this guy, right? So I've had a couple of these instances, and one of those was actually with you. Um, oh wow! <laughs> I kind of explain. So like the first one was like, I was at my job. I you know basically just been paid my wages it all kind of gone out and bills I was left for like 20 pounds and I was just like I remember saying to my partner like I just need to do something about this right I can't continue working for scraps um and then I had a friend who was like really successful he was living with some like eight-figure owner in Puerto Rico um boom he just asked me for this Facebook group and then it opens my eyes up to the online market space that's how I entered the rabbit hole um but then I 
I was in that same program that you were talking about with that kind of guy. Um, and then he basically sold me into this other program. And I was like selling a bunch of people into this course. And basically my my links weren't tracking. I must have sold about seven or eight people in there. Um, Pascal was one of them, right? And my links didn't track. I didn't get paid for it. And I was like, I was literally at a point like, damn, like, well, I'm not going to continue selling people into this program if I'm not going to get paid for it. And I was like, my long-term goal is to step back into coaching. Like, like, what do I do? And then I can remember I posted a video on Facebook and I think you saw it and then boom, Tiger pings up. This was just <laughs> after you left Traffic and Funnels. You're like, yeah, I've just launched this new coaching program. Um, yeah, jumped into your program and that's when things really started to pick up for me. Um, so yeah. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I remember that, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 awesome. so amazing how yeah just like you said how everything works out you you think it's like the end of the world and um a few weeks later you're on <laughs> i don't know complete opposite mm. yeah that was the hardest thing for me like my first like i said my first 10k month i remember thinking um like the marketing messages the sale messages was like you know start making 10k per month And that was so far out of like what I thought was possible that it was just like, dude, but he might as well have been saying like, all right, so in the end of, you know, 90 days or, you know, one year, whatever it is, you're going to be walking on the moon. Now, like, he might as well have said that it was so like, that's, that's not real. That's, that's not going to happen. But if you say so, and uh, yeah, believe it or not, like it's possible, you know what I mean? With consistent strategy, with consistent effort. And um, I, I was failing before, so it really didn't take me. Um, I guess like I didn't have any like special skills at the time to do it. You know what I mean? Because that was like one of the things I thought as well. Is like I had to be like super smart, super skilled, or whatever. Mm. You know? Yeah, man. That's the that's the beauty of it, man. Like people have this like misconception that you need all these degrees, you need all these qualifications. Um, I haven't got any of that stuff, you know. And like you see some of the most successful people in like this industry they're like college dropouts <laughs> you know they've got like no qualifications there <laughs> Tiger's <on the> <laughs> yeah. so uh yeah it's 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 mad um yeah so so yeah man T tiger what have you found is the was the biggest you know shift from you obviously struggling to to sell 100 dollar products to making 10k per month what have you found is like the you know if you could point your finger at two or three things that changed from you were struggling to you making a 10k per month what would you point the finger at that's a really good question so i would have to say uh number one was the the mindset um not self-sabotaging and, and uh like i said I, i didn't really think it was possible so i would you know i had those urges to kind of like you know every little thing that popped up ah, i knew it was i knew that was it i couldn't do it but so I had to really dive deep and really work on that. And um, the other thing was focusing on revenue generating activities. So many people um, I saw that, you know, join even before me different programs. They joined a whole bunch of programs. They've been doing it for so long. I noticed that they were doing things and probably has to do with a lot of, of the, like, their mindset and the way they see themselves, the way they see um, what's possible is they were focusing on like, oh, I need a new logo. I, I need uh, business cards. I saw people like making merch and like this weird stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand what you're doing. And, uh, you know, that, that's like so many things. So focusing on revenue generating activities. Um, number, uh, number two was um, actually getting your mindset, you know, making sure that you, you work on limiting beliefs. And then the third thing is actually investing in yourself. Uh, having a mentor, somebody who's done what you want to do successfully and, uh, you know, getting their help so that they can shorten that learning curve, um, you know. So those would be the three things I would say is like the, you know, if I could go back and, you know, give myself advice and give some other people um, who didn't fare as well some advice, I'd like shake, shake like, just focus on this. <laughs> focus on this stuff. <laughs> yeah, mad. And that was another little thing I got from you as well. Was just kind of focusing on like the revenue generating activities. Like 
and see people they're like yeah they're not making any money they're like yeah i'm just you know trying to build these these free funnels um i'm trying to you know set up my website i got this pretty website and it's like when you really kind of look at it like you know russell brunson he's done an amazing job with click funnels and one of what's one of the things he said in order for me to be able to sell my software i have to make people believe that they need a funnel right and yeah. everyone's like i need this funnel i need this funnel like like in the last nine days my business done about 12 grand right and not a single one of those are you know not a single one of those appointments has come from my funnel i have a funnel but you know it's like the service it's like the revenue generating activities um you know there's a whole bunch of activities i was doing before working with you and it was literally like okay tiger's like yep let's get rid of this let's get rid of that let's just throw all these things in the bin on like these two things and it's like well surely that can't work it's like that's just like a couple of little things and then once i started focusing on that what was taking me sort of 12 hours 12 sometimes 15 hours just sat on my computer and not really get anything done i could get done in about four or five which was like huge um yeah and yeah it's crazy like 20 percent of the activities yield 80 percent of the results um, yeah that's the pitfall it's like it's feeling busy but not really making any strides forward because it's like just working on all this nonsense but yeah. it feels it feels good. It feels good. You know what I mean? So six months pass by and you're like, what's going on? I haven't done anything. I haven't made anything. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Tiger, you obviously kind of like after you went, went after you left traffic and funnels, you stepped into like the, you know, the coaching, the coaching consultant space. Um, so yeah, you've recently just kind of switched switched from working with coaches and consultants to, you know, mindset coaching. So I guess like what was it that kind of made you want to step into like the mindset side of things? I, I got to the point where so I was working with you know a lot of clients and I started to notice a trend, like between the ones who were getting amazing results and the ones who weren't. And I'm like, okay, so I'm teeth they had the same program, had the same coach. Like, why is this person getting results? Why is this person not getting results? And I started to notice that the pattern was actually their their belief systems the you know their mindset their their identity you know at the core you know the, the paradigm the way they see themselves you know what's possible and things like that and those the ones who really did the work like you really did the actual work you know you went through and you know daily you do your you know your mindset stuff you do your uh, morning form all those different things and you you broke you broke free and I started to realize like so originally I'm a college dropout but I have this weird pattern that I did in the past is that uh you know i majored in in psychology first at the university of uh or shamanai university in, in honolulu hawaii and i came all the way to my last semester and i left i dropped out and i i, left, I was actually in the marine corps uh, i was a marine staff sergeant i got out of the marines with this weird idea that i'm gonna go major in physics so i went and i went to the university of south carolina after that and i majored in physics um because i had a real passion for understanding the nature of reality you know, at its core um, and, uh, you know, how it inter interconnects with the way we perceive reality. And uh, those two link together at that pivotal moment. Um, whenever I kind of I kind of realized, like, I like what I'm doing, but it's like I want to really help people at the highest level. And I'm like, I want to step into my passion. It's kind of like this un uneasiness, unsettledness or whatever. And uh, what ended up happening is my daughter started having uh, seizures, uh, really bad seizures. She's two months old. And it caused me to like to be still and like, you know how like when you're in your business, you're and you're on a track, like you get so focused that sometimes you don't notice things outside of that that peripheral. You know, I'm just focused on the, the generate money, you know, revenue generating activities going hard. And then this stopped. It caused me to pull back. And I'm like, I'm not I don't this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. This isn't what I'm truly passionate about. And I realized like, you know, what does Steve Jobs say? Like, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. And I kind of looked over my life and I'm like, psychology, physics, and then every conversation that I ever saw that really invigorated me had to do with that weird stuff. Like that whole like, you know, um, some people call it woo woo or, or whatever, but yeah. I, it ultimately changed my life because, um, you know, having that 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 paradigm, you know, it acts as our our invisible prisons. Yeah, it's very interesting, man. Um, 
Yeah, amazing. Because I was like, yeah, literally like I've recently been reading a book called um, Relentless by Tim Graber. Um, and yeah, he was obviously someone that kind of worked with like Michael Jordan for like over 15 years, the late Kobe, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, the legend. Um, Go. And yeah, what's that? The GOAT. Yeah, 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 the GOAT. And like, I, as a child, I was like really, really naughty, like really naughty. Like everywhere I went, I got myself into trouble, you name it, right? And like in the book, they were just basically talking about like how when you're kind of like a child that like you basically get taught to be good. You know, you're there kind of, you know, ripping the, I don't know, the TV box off the TV stand or, you know, just doing all these kind of naughty things and you're basically taught to be good. Um, and they talk about um, your dark side, okay, which is sort of that side that nobody really kind of understands in you. Um, and this is usually what kind of, again, what drives kind of like entrepreneurs to do sort of like certain things. It's like that dark side that's still that part inside of you, I guess, that. Um, so, yeah, it kind of sounds like something similar. That's kind of what's sort of driving you to kind of go down that sort of route there. Because, Certainly. yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah, it was like uh, I, I noticed even in myself. Like um, I grew up, uh, obviously I'm, a, I'm American, uh, mm. but I grew up in in the South in a very kind of like religious uh, home, and there was a lot of like beliefs, like that shadow self. I was also a devilish kid, but there was a lot of things that were drilled into me that I didn't realize from my parents. You know, sometimes we say things as parents. You know, I got six kids, <laughs> so sometimes we say things as parents that out of frustration. Or like, you know, just in that moment, like that mm. you don't really mean it that way, but it comes out that way. And at, and like, you know, what, doing some of the deep work and uncovering that, I noticed some things that, you know, my mother had said to me um, growing up, like, because I was kind of challenging. It was like, why does mine have to be so stupid? Like, like, don't you, you don't got no sense. Stop doing stuff like blah, blah, blah. So, but like, as a kid, you're still impressionable. Those things, you kind of just pull as like feedback as the you as the environment telling you who you are and mm. i pulled some of those things into my identity and i pulled other things like if i were asked for like toys or something it'd be like you think you were good enough to deserve to get that toy today no about so it taught me a pattern of thinking a certain amount of values and uh you know they played the lottery and all of these things brought together to form like how i saw me who i was in the world and what was possible for me and a few things that I had to break was I had these beliefs that money was created by being lucky. Somebody had to win the lottery. Somebody had to be really good at sports or be a really good singer or like hit, you know, get publisher clearing house to show up with this you know, oversized check at your house. Like that was the only way to wealth. Mm -hmm. And I had beliefs of like, if I became wealthy, like I would lose my friends. You get, that probably doesn't sound like it made sense, but it was in there because it's like, you know how if you ever as a kid, you you do something like you win something, uh, a, a competition, a video game, you get a pair of new shoes. But then all the people who don't have it, what do they do? They, they, they jones you. They're like, ah, look at you. You think you're all that. Blah, blah. They reject you. And it's like dying at social death. So it, you know, it kind of puts that equation of like, if I advance too far, I lose the people I care about because they can't relate to me or they push me away. Yeah. And stuff like that causes you to self-sabotage like unconsciously. It's Those mad, people. isn't it? It's mad. Like I was literally talking to my friend Chris. This was probably like a couple of months ago. He basically broke his leg like really bad on a bike. Um, broken in multiple places. There's like still rods in his leg. And he was sort of sat up for a bit. So I like basically tried to introduce him to, you know, the coaching consultant space. Um and I was talking about, you know, these kind of results, people getting these results. And he was like, man, like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's intriguing. Like, it just, it just sounds, it, it just sounds bad, you know, to have, <laughs> right? And then like, yeah, we kind of like, you know, kind of gone through like a little bit sort of like mindset training. And he picked up on one of those things. He was like, yeah, like, um, you know, certain beliefs that his parents have kind of instilled into him and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, and there's just, there's just when you really dive into it, there's so many kind of like false beliefs about certain things, you know, like money is the root of all evil. It's like you're literally kind of like conditioning yourself to to struggle for the rest of your life. It's 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 crazy. And like I came from one of those backgrounds as well because my mum, she raised five kids. Um, she's always struggling. Like any jobs that she's had, she's always worked on pretty much kind of like minimum wage. 
Um, so always kind of struggling, you know, eating from food banks and stuff like that, just not having the money to kind of do stuff. Yeah, you know what it's like. Um, yeah. And like when I kind of left home, I found myself in that same kind of pattern. I was like, right, I can, you know, I my mindset was like, right, I have to go get a job that's kind of near a minimum wage. If I went up, it would be like, you know, 50p or a pound more than what I was previously earning. Um, and then, you know, at one point, it just got to a point where like, damn, there just has to be more to life than than this. Yeah, um, I thought that too, man. Yeah, I just literally just broke. I was just like, man, I just can't keep doing this. Like, there has to be more. And then, boom, my friend added me to the to the, to the group. And do you know the most ironic thing about this was, like, we used to be best friends. I watched his mum literally make millions from Google AdWords. He was like one of like the, the first people to for you know that kind of business to blow up in the UK at the time. Um, used to go to his mum's house. It was just like this seven hundred thousand pound barn conversion. It was huge, really nice house. I watched my Love friend, it. his business blow up. Um, you know, disappear, be traveling. He's still traveling now. He left when he was like nineteen, so that's probably like nearly nearly ten years ago. Um, whenever he comes back to the UK, we meet up for a meal, and for some reason, it just still didn't register that. This is something that I could do until I get yeah. that moment. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. like sometimes there's things just staring you in the face, but mm. you just yeah. don't, it doesn't register, man. Yeah. It's mm. those things. It's like, especially like uh, with that religious background, it's mm. like this was something I had to really break. And some people may hate me for this. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But like I would, because I remember <laughs> this is, this is weird. My, my mom and dad would buy a lottery ticket. And then pray over it and fast over it. Like, Lord Jesus, let this be the one that win the thing. We'll have a lot of blah, 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 blah. And we'd fast and we'd pray. And I, like, that was some of the things. It was like, it's, it's like learned helplessness. Like, mm -hmm. Jesus yeah. or God is going to somehow, like, all of a sudden, like, give you a million. It's like, no, that's not how money works. Money does not work that way. Like, mm. like that's, that's one of the things I think is really holding uh, a lot of people, especially with, uh, you know, those kind of like certain religious, spiritual beliefs. And then just kind of feeling like this is the thing I had to install is that what comes what makes money is actually solving problems in the marketplace in yeah. exchange for money. And it was yeah. like, no, that can't be it. Like, you know, for the longest time, I was like, well, even when I started coaching, it was like, well, I need to do like a billion coaching calls and I need to like have a thousand videos. And I need to work and do all this effort and, and hours. And, and it's like, nope. Yeah. yeah. It's mad. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, like the learn helplessness as well. Like anybody watching this, I recommend going grabbing the book called mindset by Carol S. Dweck. And she talks about this learn helplessness. There's like a couple of different examples. Um, she, she uses the ones with the dogs on this platform. So yeah, an experiment. I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing, man. So like, for the listeners, like the dogs get put onto this platform, okay, and it's got like a divide in the middle. Um, dog A gets put on the platform. Um, you know, there's it starts giving the dog electric shock, so he jumps over the platform. Boom, the electric shocks stop. Right. So dog B gets put on. Same thing happens. He starts getting the electric shocks. He jumps over the platform, but the shocks don't stop this time. Right. So they do the test again, dog A goes on, you know, he jumps over, same same way, you know, the, the, the shocks stop. Dog B gets put on a platform, um, the shocks start, but he doesn't jump over the divide because it didn't work last time. So he, he actually down. Yeah. yeah he like, collapsed. So, exactly. <laughs> he kept taking it because he didn't think he could break free. And like, I think you can actually see this stuff online as well, because I think this kind of happens somewhere in like Africa, where they get these baby elephants and they basically... Yeah. They tie them to this 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 tree or this pole, this this small little pole with a chain. And when he gets when he gets sort of chained up, it tries to escape, and obviously it doesn't work. And then this elephant grows into this like huge, fully grown adult elephant who could literally just rip this chain to pieces if it tried. But it doesn't try to break the chain because it learned helplessness from when it was a kid. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's so powerful. You have to be careful what you tell your children because yeah. you know. Haven't you know? We've all three of us, all three of us on this, you know, podcast here. We've all had those kind of same belief systems instilled. Obviously, different, but you know, similar kind of belief systems instilled into us as a kid. And yeah. breaking free from those patterns is it's not easy. Um, but once you do it, you see, you see the light. 
Yeah, I think the hardest part is like seeing how that relates to like your personal life. Like looking back over mine, I see how like believing like, oh, we're going to hit a lottery. We're praying, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. And we wake up and the lottery numbers come out and we didn't win. And then mm. we're back to being like, you know, water in our cornflakes, you know, water in the cereal set of milk. And it's like helplessness. Like the shots happen. Nobody saved us. Yeah. Jesus didn't save us. Mm. I, I, you know, I was really good. You know, I had to earn the toy, but you know, we didn't have the money. So I still didn't get it. So it's like, well, that doesn't work. So you end up, yeah, with those belief systems of like, no matter what I do, I'm stuck in this place in life. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like the best kind of advice I could give to someone, and this is, this was difficult for me. It was a real kind of reality check was just take full responsibility. Like how your life looks, like everything that you own, the money in your bank account, the job you have, the car you have, the house you own, like literally everything, right? That was your doing, not the government, not the rich, not anybody but you. There's a series of decisions that you've made throughout life. And I can remember the first time I got told this, I was like, nah, 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 it's, it's, it's the government, it's the rich. Like, but it was just kind of a real kind of reality check. And when yeah. you learn to sort of take responsibility for this stuff, um, you can then sort of take corrective action. Okay, so this is what a series of decisions that have led me to here. I can now take corrective action to go and change that. Mm. Yeah. If you're constantly blaming someone else, someone else is always responsible. So yeah. you can't, you're just stuck in your prison, essentially. In marketing, um, that, that's used in, uh, so, so it's kind of like this. If you ever watch a webinar, now anybody who's watching this, whenever time you watch a webinar, you can be like, ah, whatever you see it. So it's like, uh, in order to control what other people do, you have to get them to believe that it's not their fault. They aren't responsible for whatever happened. You know what I mean? So sometimes you hear this in webinars. It's like, you may have tried this. You may have tried this. You may have tried this. But it's not your fault because of blah, 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 blah. Introducing the way to solve it. So then you buy into the, it's not my fault. Now someone can control you because your sense of like control, your locus, your lo locus of control is outside of you. In order to for someone to change, they have to believe that it is their fault. So it's like those are the things. Is like, I 100% agree with you. Um, in order to actually create change. So inside of your program, you have to tell people, it's your freaking fault. You got to take responsibility if you're going to change your life. Outside of your beta program, you're telling people, it's not your fault, so that you can also help. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that they, yeah. they'll actually get them to take the action, to jump over that fence, away from the shocks, so that you can actually uh, help them. And that was the thing. I don't know if you saw the second part of that uh, experiment, because they took the dogs again. After, you know, it took the dogs that learned the helplessness and they actually reversed it. But the way they did it was they had to physically grab the dog's legs when the shocks happened and put them over, like and manipulate them to actually go to the other side. It took a few repetitions for that. But then after that, the dogs would react the same as the other dogs. They would actually jump over the thing. But they had to be like mm. instructed and physically walk through the process. Which yeah. is why I think like programs like yours is really effective if you've already had, you feel like you've, you've had like learned helplessness because mm. you get the, someone to help you go, put your foot over the fence. You can do this, like focus yeah. on this. And they're like, oh, snap, I can do it. Here's a sale. <laughs> Next you know, then they can do it. It's just, it's mad. It's honestly mad. And yeah, I just recommend anyone grab that book called Mindset by Carol Estweck. Like she really yeah, dives yeah. into like, you know, the fixed mindset and like, you know, the growth mindset and like, you know, my mom, I love her to bits, but she has like the worst fixed mindset of, you know, you can't tell her anything, you know, you've got to go to college, you've got to go get your master's degree, you've got to do this, like there's just a specific kind of way. And like, yeah, just kind of sort of breaking free from those shackles is diff difficult. So yeah, um, yeah we're, that is, yeah, we're conditioned you know. like sperm cells to believe that like, more education equals more money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I used to think that way. That's why I, I, I majored in two different psychology and, and physics or whatever. But it's like, it's like, oh, if you want to make more money, either get a second job or get another degree. Yeah. But like, that's yeah. not going to lead to wealth. What leads to wealth? Leverage. Uncoupling mm -hmm. your time from money. If you're working per hour, you're not going to be wealthy. You know? Yeah. That's what killed me, man. Just literally... You know, having to work two an extra two days overtime just to make ends meet, um, and it just killed me, man. So like sixty hours a week, not having time with the kids, and like, and then I can remember when they were like, "Yeah, you need to stop trading your time 
for you know for hourly pay and you need to get paid per the, for the transformation and even though i heard that it kind of registered but it didn't register i was like nah like you gotta charge hourly surely man because you've just been so conditioned like i'm just looking at like the education system like here in the uk it's like you're conditioned that way from a very young age you go through mm-hmm. you go through primary school okay you you do your sats in year six right then you go on to secondary school you do your gcses right you go to college you do your exams you go to university you do your exams you're just conditioned to i don't know just kind of this this way of just kind of getting these these pieces of paper which are going to somehow make you a whole bunch of money but yeah. really when you look at it, when you look at it when you really look at it right you people may wonder like why why is there such a big gap between the rich and poor right <laughs> yeah. you look at people who go to university and have like the highest level of degrees right we're talking like phd's right yeah look at what they earn like seriously actually look at what these people earn like most of them are you know just over like 100 grand that's not even yeah. a touch what the rich do like not even scraping close yeah if you want to put it on it doesn't even show up it's like way mm. over to the left and like mm. the origin <laughs> yeah yeah and like mm. how come we have phds in economics and how come they make 100k a year and there's people who make this in a day <laughs> yeah yeah weird yeah. right yeah, yeah at the beginning of uh this month yeah the first like four i think it first four or five days i mean i brought in seven a little over seventeen thousand dollars in cash it's like that's like a dot. I could never have made that working a job, even if I was like probably a brain surgeon. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you get what I mean? Yeah. But, but it's just, so, it just seems so far out there from like what we're conditioned to. Like, if you look at like The Simpsons, who's the evil character? The rich uh, Mr. Burns. And he's evil, right? Like, he's the, he's the bad guy. Like, most mm. like our culture paints that. So it's like, you don't want to be evil, do you? You you like you almost have to feel like, well, you got to manipulate people and in a bad way and steal from them and kill babies and you no know, make people die in, in Africa in a mine somewhere in order to be wealthy. And it's like, <laughs> you wealthy, like that's what you had to do. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like that victim mindset of like poor me. Like I can even think of an occasion where like you know I'm a huge car enthusiast. I used to go to all the like the car shows and like. You know, occasionally there'd just be this one guy. Like everyone's got their own, like Japanese cars, their German cars, and there'd just be this one guy in the corner that just pulls up in like a Lambo. And people are like, "Oh my god!" Like he, he's got too much money, and it's like that conditioning. Like, you yeah. know, yeah, it's it's mad. So, when you know, I guess, so. I guess we've been talking about conditioning and mindset paradigms, all this stuff. Mm. Um, but how do we actually change it? How do we change our paradigm or condition ourselves from? this victim mindset or this, oh, rich people are bad people too. It's through, like, I would say through repetition. Okay, so first of all, it's kind of obviously just being aware of it, right? But you think about, like, why belief systems are actually formed, right? So if you believe in God, like, you see the people, like, let's say, for example, like, people that are in, like, the Pentecostal church, you know, like, praise Jesus. They, like, You see them in this church service, and it's like, it's this strong, you see them, they've got their eyes shut, they're dancing, their arms are up in the air. It's just, like, strong felt like, emotion. You know, they pray and you couldn't tell that person that, you know, God doesn't exist, right? Because it's kind of like, it's repetition, right? So people that, you know, worship Allah, like they pray like however many times a day. I used to work with this Muslim guy. He used to have to kind of go off like at certain times of the day to, to go and pray. And it's repetition, right? If you've been told from a very young age, like just constantly that, you know, like religion's bad, you're probably going to grow up thinking that religion's bad, Right. So it's through repetition, and that's how I've been able to kind of change like my mindset. Um, so that's just like my take on it. But let's give it to the the, the mindset coach here and see what he's got to say. <laughs> I love your answer. Um, I definitely do agree with it. What I would add to it is, uh, so this is uh, kind of like the way the way I see it. So if you could imagine, I mean, I can share my screen if you want, but I try to explain it just with my my word pictures. Um, but if you imagine kind of like a circle, a cycle. So you have like some input and then what comes next? Thought and emotion. So you have a certain type of thought. Let's say um, something happens. You have something in your environment that shows you, um, you know, like someone said something to you or you were someone says no on a sales call or whatever. You have a certain thought about it and it creates a certain internal state. You're going to feel rejected, sad, whatever it is. 
it creates an emotion. So through how you're saying repetition of thought and emotion, those lay down those initial foundations. And then what happens when you have thought and emotion repetitiously? You start to create beliefs. So it's like you see something enough times, kind of like if you ever um, heard Pavlov's dogs, it's that con classical conditioning. Um, you know, the experiment where Pavlov, he would he would put meat powder inside of these dogs uh, mouth and they would salivate. And eventually he would have he would have his worker come in and do that. But eventually the dogs would start to salivate when he first the guy walked in without the meat powder before he even put it in. He started salivating. So he set up an experiment with a bell and food. And he would give the dogs food. And while they saw it, he would ring the bell at the same time. They would salivate, eat the food. Eventually, he took the food away and he would just ring the bell and the dogs would start salivating. They had a conditioned like a uh, pairing of two separate stimuluses in the world. The sound of a bell, the sight of food creates a reaction. So then those things getting paired creates a belief. If I hear the bell, I believe that there's food there and my physical, my physical body believes it so much it reacts. So then our, we're doing this in our environment all the time. We have beliefs because of thoughts and emotions repeatedly happening. I believe when this happens and I feel this feeling, you know, that feeling becomes the bell. So if I feel like I'm not good enough or I can't make this money or whatever, and I go to, let's say I need to do a live video. When it's time for me to do live, I feel a feeling. I have a thought like, oh my God, I'm not good enough. What if I mess up? Thought, emotion of like, oh my God, I feel my heart beating fast. And your brain goes, your heart is beating fast. You feel goosebumps. You're scared. So you interpret that as scared. And you're like, oh, well, that means that this. And now you have a belief that's set up. So then that becomes your bell. And you have that natural reaction. It can hold you there. The next thing over is there's actually a little structure in the base of, like, right below, right right in front of, I guess, right behind the ponds in the brainstem. It's called your reticular activating system. It's like a pencil-like uh, structure in your brainstem. And its whole job is to filter out reality. What it does is it it does almost like kind of like a, a self-confirmation bias for you. Ever like wanted to buy a car where it's like, I'm going to go buy a Mustang, let's say. I don't know if you like Mustangs or, or what. And then all of a sudden, what happens? Now you notice Mustangs everywhere. Like, did they have a sale on them? Like, what happened here? Like, why are all these Mustangs out here? It They always were there. No, they didn't have like an influx in it. What mm -hmm. happened was you're, we naturally have so much information coming in from our environment that our brain would be overloaded to try and put all of it in our conscious mind. So most of it is deleted or distorted or generalized. So then all we see is what we kind of like paint it. So this is when people say like, you create your reality. You know, that's really at essence what the true meaning is. It's like, you don't see what's really there you see like a projection, your own map of it. So we have our own map that we project out based on our thoughts, our beliefs, and those emotions that we set up. And then over time, that becomes our identity. So then, and our identity feeds our behavior. And then the loop starts again, because what we, what we do gets a feedback from the environment. And then we have a thought and then an emotion and then that thing. So how do you break it? The, the way you're using your reticular activating system that RAS right now, on default, it looks for confirmation of those limiting beliefs on its own. So in order to break that, you have to consciously. Uh, so first of all, you set up a new belief that you want to have. Let's say the world is abundant. I, I don't need to be lucky. I, you know, I make money through solving problems in the marketplace. So you're replacing I, I make money through solving money um, problems in the marketplace versus People who are rich are lucky. So you change those beliefs. The way you do it is you create a new thought, feel the new emotion of it, and then use your, your reticular activating system to actively look for confirmation of this new belief. So through repetition of actively purposely doing that. So I did this you know, myself. So I would have like uh, events. So it's like uh, my revenue generating activities of like um, you know, sales conversation, sales calls, blah, 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 blah. At first, I felt real a lot of anxiety. Like, what if I message someone? What if I talk to someone and they tell me to kick rocks? Like, you're stupid. Why are you talking to me? And it was that fear of rejection because I had a certain belief system from the past, you know, being an introvert, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, this and this and this. So I had to set up a new belief. And then whenever I would speak to someone and the, even if they were just nice to me, I'd go, oh, this is evidence that it's working. And I'd write it down. 
and let's say I made a sale. Boom. This is evidence that I saw that person, I helped that person solve this problem and I ended up with money. Evidence. And what do I do every day? I do my morning formula. I, I read those beliefs. I vision what my life wanted, what I want my life to be. And then I review those confirmations of this is who I am. This is what's happening. This is how it's progressing and growing. And over time, the same way those false beliefs, those limiting beliefs were laid down, new empowering beliefs take hold. And then now the reason why it's so hard to do certain things is because you're trying to use willpower and like discipline, which is good, but it's limited. It, like it, you, it, it depletes. But when you change your identity in that way, in that core level, you can do those things because it's just who you are. Like, does it take any effort for you to be you? No, you just, it's like, this is who I am. So when you change and update the actual programming underneath it, the stuff that seems hard now is it doesn't take any energy where we're power. You're exhausted. You're like, I'm exhausted disciplining myself to do this every day. Like if you want to try to be a runner and it's hard for you to go run, it's because you don't have the identity of a runner because a person who's like at their core, like I'm a runner. Like mm -hmm. if you didn't let them run, they're like going nuts. It's like, oh, I need to run. <laughs> Yeah, it's not okay. hard to get yourself to go do it. This is who mm. they are. You get what I mean? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And I was that I was that kid. I used to be a track and field athlete. You couldn't like anyone told me like like I was naughty in school, like I said, but the one lesson that I I behaved in was PE, physical, you know, yeah. exercise or whatever it was. I can't remember what it stands for now. But you know, that was my thing. Like anything with sports, I was there. Like you couldn't keep me away from activity because yeah. Um so yeah, I love how you kind of just broke that down. Everyone's just got kind of got like a, a mindset kind of masterclass. Uh, yeah, as he does, <laughs> master kind of just value overload. Um, Sorry, it's dumped too much information. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, man. So that's been that's been great. Have you got anything else to kind of go over here, Pascal? Or mm, maybe one last question um, that doesn't have <laughs> anything to do with mindset or anything. Um, do you have any regrets, Tiger, in your life? In my entire life? In your entire life. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Whoa. Uh, oh. <laughs> Guess you didn't expect that one. <laughs> that is a loaded question, that's, man. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a doozy of a question, Pascal. Dang. <laughs> um, ah, it's like I have one I want to say, but I'm like, dang, this is recorded. <laughs> this is gonna haunt you for the rest of your life. No. <laughs> um. Ah, oh, this is terrible. Ah, this is terrible, but I guess for the sake of like transparency and, and honestness, it's 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 one of those things. It's like it is, but at the same time, a portion of it isn't. Like uh, I was married before, and looking back at it, the reason why I got into that relationship is because of you know certain like uh, emotional wounds I had in the past, and. I realized like I had a certain identity, like I would argue my mom, like I told you, she would tell me, you're dumb, you're blah, 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 blah. So I was, it was like, I had, I didn't have those issues resolved and I found that in a woman. So I could continue and win that argument that I was having with my mother's passed away. You get what I mean? So it was yeah, like, yeah. I married my mom, but in a whole, like, it was like that same fight. So it was like, this woman was disrespecting me, doesn't value my thoughts, didn't support me. And then it was just like, how did I end up here? And uh, so that, that would be something I regret because I lost a lot of progress because a lot of my mental energy and emotional and physical energy went to just that relationship and just trying to unscrew it and just deal with that. I had two breakdowns, like actual nervous breakdowns that put me in the hospital with this chick. And uh, like that's something I horribly regret. I wish I would have never even met her or I just went the other way. But the reason I, I wouldn't change it is because out of that came my children or some of my children. And um, I couldn't, I, we have, uh, because she alienated me and she taught them a lot of evil things about me. We don't really have, at least the older, oldest one, we don't really have the relationship we should have. 
but I couldn't see them not existing. Like I love my children. I raised them for a while as a single father because she left, I was in Hawaii and she left for like three or four years. I raised them alone, like full-time single dad. And um, I brought her back in, like I said, emotional wounds. I let her back in um, and she had a kid by another guy. She didn't even know who the, the father was. I took that child in as my child as well. So she's, you know, another one of my daughters. Um, and then this girl, now she took my children, the ones she abandoned and turned them against me like I'm evil. And it's like, that's the one thing I regret is like, never, never, I never should have wasted my time because that was beneath me. But I was, I was seeking out closure to a, a situation with my, you know, from my childhood. And mm -hmm. hindsight is 2020. If I could go back, I would shake myself and be like, Bro, why are you even messing with this chick? Like, you don't even like, like, you don't even like her. <laughs> like, she, you don't, you don't like who she is as a person. Why are you doing this to yourself? But then I would never have my kids. So, yeah. Super personal question, Pascal. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you have Damn. anything you regret in I, your life? I couldn't think of a worse question to ask. <laughs> You're welcome. <Yeah. laughs> wow. That was loaded. Like triple loaded question. <laughs> yeah. right. I know everybody listening is better smash like if this is on YouTube or whatever, you better smash that heart and subscribe because I just built yeah. for my soul. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, this has been uh, been really good, man. Really interesting to kind of have you yeah. on there, Tiger. So uh, yeah, just want to thank, thank you thank so you much, and I uh, appreciate you taking the time to come out. So yeah, for anyone that's you know watching this, don't forget to smash that love button. Leave a comment down below. Let us know what you think. And don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Um, yeah, Pascal, you got anything oh, else yeah. to add here before we wrap this one up? Um, no, I just wanted to point at the subscribe button. It must be somewhere here. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really appreciate you guys kind of jumping on. And, um, yeah, we're going to obviously catch you on the on the next episode. Um, so thanks Thank for tuning in. Thank you for in. tuning in. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to the Affiliate Marketing Secrets podcast with your host, Pascal. If you love the Affiliate Marketing Secrets podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review. Until next time. <laughs>